Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very happy Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. I am your host, New York Vinny, as we get together every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, along with our good friend, uh, producer Nathan, who makes things uh, work so seamlessly on this radio broadcast. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. I'm doing well. Good, good, good. We'll talk to Nathan a little bit more later because he has the magic question to ask me, and we'll find out what's going on with him, as well as we uh, work our way through this early part of the Saturday morning. Uh, it was, if you were here in Seattle, a beautiful week. It uh, went belly up, I guess, sometime yesterday when uh, what was, you know, 80 degree temperatures have now turned into, uh, and sunny, I mean, absolutely pristine out, have now turned into gray skies and coolness and, you know, back into the 60s that we get here before um, 4th of July rolls around and the summer really kind of gets going, but <clears throat> that's okay. Because, uh, as I was talking with, uh, one of the people I live with, uh, we consider it to be bonus time. You know, you, you know, you get these little things and, and, and little stretches of beautiful weather before it's supposed to be beautiful. And it's really, a, 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 you know, like a bonus. It's a, it's a thing that reminds you to get geared up for summer. It's like a big reminder. And I'll tell you, the hot rod community was out in force. Uh, the car clubs, the, uh, you know, the places where you can co- go to see really nice cars, really cool cars. And the, the owners of those cars uh, was uh, this week, had its uh, had its coming out party really, as we uh, you know I, I I drove around to a bunch of different locations, and saw some. Re- I mean, people have had now really, if you think about it, two years to work on their cars, right? Because last year a lot of people didn't come out, they didn't take their cars out, they didn't bring the cars out. They had more time to work on them, they had more time to plan what they wanted to do to fix up their rides whether it be paint or mechanical or the different things that people do to their cars in the summer from the small projects, like fixing that rust spot to the huge projects, like putting another engine in, painting the entire car and all of that different stuff. So um, there were some, I ran into and saw some really incredible looking cars uh, out on the road this week, uh, both uh, over here last night at Dick's up on Highway 99 in Edmonds, which is a, uh, a great spot. I'm going to uh, go out to um, Cars and Coffee tomorrow. I think uh, Woodenville is having their Cars and Coffee uh, tomorrow. I'm going to try to make it out there. I'm driving, well, I'm, I'm driving a car this week that doesn't lend itself to Cars and Coffee really, but it's still a, a cool car, so I'll take it with me. What uh, what I will have next week is a car that will lend itself uh, to Cars and Coffee. 
Um, it is, uh, we are expecting on Tuesday to take delivery of the 2021 Charger Hellcat, which is just uh, 707 horsepower of pure joy, of pure just uh, American muscle of where the heck am I going to drive this kind of uh, car. As a matter of fact, I have to call, uh, see if I can call out to maybe Monroe uh, to Evergreen and see if they'll let me uh, come out and take it out on the track or, or if, uh, you know, if not them, uh, somebody that will let me uh, take it off the street so I can uh, test its capabilities. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing about a car like that is that if you're a responsible person, which I try to think myself to be at times, you don't go uh, racing up and down the street with it because it's, uh, you know, it is a lethal weapon. I mean, it can, uh, you know, you can lose control. You can kill somebody with that car uh, or yourself or cause problems. At the very least, even just screeching the tires in the neighborhood. I, you know, I chirp them a little bit, but I don't, uh, I try not to make myself a nuisance with the different cars that I get into. But I, um, you know, a car like that deserves to be driven a little bit so you can see the true potential and what you actually have there is 707 horsepower. So we'll, we'll figure that out during the week. And um, hopefully have a nice, uh, a nice mellow week with that, uh, not mellow, an exciting week with that car. Uh, take it out on the road. I've already mortgaged my house so I can buy gas for it. Oh, man, the price of gasoline is just through the roof. It's, uh, you know, I, I would have expected that it would have gone down by now, but shortages still exist in some places. And let's face it, uh, there is, uh, you know, the people that run gas stations right now see an opportunity to make a dollar. And uh, in our economy, that uh, means that the prices go up for people as they are for everybody else, whether they'll remain there or not, we'll see. But if you're headed out on the road uh, this summer, uh, expect to pay, budget yourself for higher prices. Expect to look at $5 a gallon gasoline if you're going to California and certainly uh, $4 a gallon to $4.50 a gallon gasoline here in uh, Washington, whether you're going to stay here or going over to Eastern Washington to uh, partake of some of the, uh, the, the beauty of the state. Um, that's something that, you know, you wish you could control it, but you just can't supply and demand. And of course, a lot of people are leaning on uh, the pipeline uh, fiasco that happened with uh, the, um, uh, over, the taking over of the uh, pipeline by hackers uh, back east, the Colonial Pipeline. Um, but that was a few weeks ago. But there still exists a shortage in gasoline tank truck drivers. Um, they just can't find enough people to take these jobs. Heck, they can't find enough people to work in hamburger stands right now. I mean, I drove up, my, uh, my buddy and I decided uh, one night this week, it was a beautiful night. We were driving uh, the... Um, 
well, uh, we're driving our road test car of the week. I don't want to give it away because that's Nathan's job, and I don't want to take away the job uh, that Nathan has, one of the jobs he has, because he does it so well. Uh, but I was driving our road test car of the week, and we were in it together, and we took a ride up north, and I said, um, we're, we're in, um, like, Granite Falls on Route 9. I always take my cars, you know, try to get them off of I-5 and take them off Route 9, so... We're going to stop at a McDonald's and grab something. I says, no, wait, hang on. I got a place I want to take you for a hamburger. It's all right. So we go up north. We go through the back roads, cut through the back of Granite Falls, get on uh, 530, headed east, and head out toward Darrington. Again, one of my favorite uh, spots. Now, this is uh, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. So... Beautiful night. We got the sunroof open. We're talking. We're listening to music. We're solving the problems of the world in the front of the car, as we often do. And I says, all right, we're going we're gonna to do okay here, man. We're five minutes away from food. He was getting a little surly. You know how sometimes people get when they want to eat, and you say, hang on, I got a better place to take you to eat, which goes against the chubby checker rule. Um which is, you know, what's the best restaurant in the world? The next one when you're hungry. But, you know, me, I got to, oh, come on, we got to go to this place. So we drive up, we, we're in Darrington. We go, we make the turn on the corner there of uh, 529, uh, 530 and the Mountain Loop Highway. And there's Burger Bar, one of my favorite little spots to stop, especially if I'm uh, up on the, uh, the course that I use to uh, test cars out. I have this, this kind of predetermined course that I go on to test these cars out. I get up to uh, the burger bar, which is the place on the right, pull up in front of it, and it's closed. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is like a, a Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Why could this place possibly be closed? How could this place possibly unless they had some kind of tragedy or fire or, I mean, you know, you just, this is a place that waits all year to squeeze every minute out of the time that they have. And yet you pull up and there's a big sign on the window closed due to lack of help. It was amazing to me. Now, I don't know their situation. I don't know what the owner's situation is. I know if I owned that business, I'd have been down there flipping burgers and taking money and, you know, doing whatever I had to do to keep that place open. Because, you know, when you have a place like that, like I said, I think every moment uh, that you have open, because I don't think you uh, are open that much in the winter, every nice night that you have that you're open is all you have if you miss it. You don't make the profit from that time. And, and I can't imagine that uh, they would have closed, but they did. So we were at the burgers uh, and in a long ride. We wound up, I mean, it wasn't so bad. We turned around, went back down Main Street there in um, Darrington and wound up going to the uh, Mexican restaurant uh, that's there. But we were really kind of hankering for that experience. You know, the burger bar up there is a really cool drive. I mean, it's a nice drive to get there. And then they have picnic tables outside. And it was one of those places that you think about on a summer night. 
You know, you're up in the in the uh, in the woods there. You're up in the country. You're uh, you know you have the tables. You can pull up. They're nicely separated, so you're not on top of people because they have a bit of land there. It's the perfect kind of uh, you know evening summer picnic and drive. It's not crazily far. It's uh, you know it's a sixty mile round trip drive or whatever it is, and um, and they make great hamburgers. Might I add that uh, above it all, they make a really good cheeseburger with um, caramelized onions. One of the best I've ever had. So uh, needless to say, and it is needless to say, I guess, <laughs> that uh, uh, we were both disappointed. But it pointed to the shortage of people to work in this country. And uh, I've talked to friends in the automotive field. And they're experiencing it too with um, lower level jobs, uh, tire installers, a uh, lot attendants, car wash people, uh, the stuff that you traditionally break in as at a dealership or a gas station or a shop or, you know, one of those jobs that you get to learn the business, to learn what's going on to learn about cars and they can't find people for these businesses. Now, uh, my friend told me that he thinks it's going to get a little bit better when school is out because traditionally guys, some women, but mostly guys gravitate toward these kinds of jobs in, uh, in, you know, an automotive to, uh, you know, to work, uh, get a summer job at the shop. I know that uh, when my dad had his gas station, he used to put on a couple of extra gasoline station attendants and, you know, guys that would uh, clean uh, clean up and paint things and do the things that you do in the summertime at a shop. You know, hold a muffler up while, uh, the, you know, the, the, the muffler mechanic welds it in. You know, those, those kinds of things, helpers. You'd always have a couple of them around, uh, you know, that could do that, that'll drive us nicely to run for parts and things like that. So I don't know where, how this is going to pan out. Uh, but I do know that there is a critical shortage of not just gasoline truck drivers, but the people that load the trucks, uh, all of the skilled people that do that, but even the unskilled people. So you can say, well, listen, we'll take a yard guy and we'll send them to school. And we'll teach them to uh, to be a gasoline truck driver. And unfortunately, right now, there's not a lot of that going on because they don't have the people to do it. And uh, it's, you know, it's sad. I don't know if it's the automotive business and people don't want to be involved in it. I don't know exactly why this is going on. Smarter people than me are working on figuring it out. I know that in the case of uh, gasoline truck drivers, you know, you don't just take somebody from a tractor trailer truck uh, that has a chauffeur's license or a commercial license and drop them in a gasoline truck. There are certain things that you have to go through, uh, certain uh, education that you have to get, uh, certain tests that you have to pass uh, to show your proficiency at loading and unloading 
um, a cargo of gasoline at a gas station. Uh, most municipalities require you to be certified by, by the fire department or the highway patrol or somebody like that. You just don't jump into a gas truck and drive it off and drop the stuff off at a gas station. What I do fear happening, though, is that you are going to now get into situations like that where, you know, things are going to have to be, uh, you know, it's not far beyond uh, the imagination to think, oh, we got 10 loads of gas sitting here. We got to get them out to people. Uh, hey, Johnny, you know how to drive a tractor trailer truck. Uh, I know you're working in the yard. Why don't you take this out? We'll take the chance. It's only a close delivery. And, um, you know, you like to believe the best in people that they would never do that. But you and I and all of us know the realities of life. That that's not how it works all the time. The people get uh, get desperate or they, they have to get things done. And so they turn to means that aren't uh, as, uh, you know, as up and up as they normally would. And sometimes that can lead to a disaster to a, 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 you know, an accident. Uh, and when you have an accident with a tractor trailer truck full of uh, 10,000 gallons of gasoline, it's a lot different than if you spill, you know, a tractor trailer truck full of milk on the highway or, uh, you know, things of that nature. So the price of gasoline, I think, will continue to increase. I don't see it leveling off really here anytime soon and we'll pay the price this summer uh the gas will be out there but it'll be more expensive uh because that's america when there's a demand for items they tend to get more expensive that being said don't let um don't let it uh stop you from going on vacation don't let it stop you from if at all possible uh, from getting out and seeing things this summer, even if instead of taking that uh, long vacation that you were going to take to drive across country, uh, take a series of shorter trips that you feel confident in it. You know where the gas is, is going to be. And enjoy uh, this year, uh, this, this upcoming summer, and this ability we now have to once again be near each other and talk to each other and uh, not be hidden behind a mask and not be hidden um, uh, afraid that somebody's going to give you a disease. You got to be cautious. I'm not saying just throw caution to the wind and go out there and start sniffing at people. But uh, with the proper caution and a vaccination, which I wholeheartedly encourage you to get, you know, we're going to see I, I think we're going to see things open up again. Normally, we're going to see tourist attractions. We're going to see the beach loaded. We're going to see left people walking around in Leavenworth once again. Uh, we're going to see people out at the Grand Coulee Dam. We're going to see people out there again and enjoying themselves. And maybe that'll take some of the tension off of the powder keg uh, that is this nation. We are next week going to uh, revive one of the features that we had done for a long time in the previous incarnation of this show and had uh, really stopped it 
uh, and not done it during the pandemic, and that is our Sunday road trip. If you're a longtime listener, you remember that uh, I would go out and do these, you know, one-day road trips. You know, the, the qualification is you have to be able to get there and back in one day. And there's really some fantastic stuff to see around Western Washington and even going so far as going to Eastern Washington. And uh, so we will, we will do that. We will get them posted on Facebook. Uh, we'll take some video and also uh, do a feature on these different destinations where you can go and have a picnic, sit by a lake, see something interesting. One of the things that really interests me um, as I go up and down uh, places like Route 9 and out Route 2 and over to uh, the San Juans and everything are the number of uh, small museums that are in these different towns like Cedro Woolley and Arlington and even Darrington. Uh, there, there are just these great time capsules, if you will, to the heritage of that town. And you can learn so much more about uh, the people that grew up in that town, people that lived in that town, what that town meant to the economy of a growing uh, state, and so many other things. You know, now we, you know, we, we kind of, everything is on computer and you go and you just punch it up on uh, Google and you can see, you know, uh, what the town looked like years ago. But there's something about walking into a building and looking at the tools that were used to build that town, uh, the storied history of many of these towns that were lumber towns or mining towns or all the different stuff uh, that went on as uh, the state matured and this, um, this country expanded. And I'm, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. I'm also a fan of the kitschy stuff. You know, the places like the, uh, I don't know if you've ever been down to spring training or to the desert, but the thing, you know, they have those billboards that go from, I don't know, Southern California all the way to Tucson and back again along uh, Interstate 8 or Interstate 10. There's, there's great places like that as well. So we will, um, we will have a feature. We will do that feature uh, probably every week or at least every other week of getting out and giving you a little bit more of, I, of an idea of where you can load the kids into the car and take them. Or if you just want to go yourself or if you're just uh, two of you and you want to go and have a, uh, you know, a nice experience learning a bit about the state of Washington uh, learning a bit about, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver and uh, all the different places uh, that are around that's worth taking a drive to on a, on a Sunday to be grooving on a Sunday afternoon, which is uh, something that, uh, that I always enjoy doing. I love those car rides and love to be able to, uh, to go out and discover things, whether they be antiques or garage sales or going to a museum or doing many things that uh, your automobile affords you the ability to do. That's one of the greatest things about this country is that we, you know, we have, we, we've come up with this system that allows us to get to a car and within a couple of hours, go see something totally different than 
we see every day. And that in turn brings us hopefully a better understanding of uh, who we are and what we are all about. And sometimes it just gives us a laugh, <laughs> but that's okay. Laughter is, uh, is a good thing uh, to have. If we laughed more and didn't take things as serious as we do, maybe we'd be a, a, an easier going society uh, right now. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll ask Nathan what I'm driving this week and, um, and continue on with our show. We've got the cartoon coming up for you. We're going to take a look at the Alexis LS500, do a full review on that this week. The uh, big and luxurious, I mean, L stands for luxury in the Lexus LS500. We'll give you a, uh, a tour of that as well. This is uh, Drive Time Radio, Saturday morning. I'm New York Vinny. He's Nathan, the producer, and we are 1150 KKNW. It's time to winterize. And at Sinclair, that means check. Lubricate, check. Transmission and differential, check. Hoses for leaks, check. Fan belt, check. Drain radiator. And put in Sinclair antifreeze. Change to Sinclair Triple X. The multi-grade motor oil. With nickel added to armor plate your engine against winter wear. Finally, fill up with Sinclair Dyno for fast winter starts. Worry about winter. What for? You've got Sinclair winterizing. It's time now. Winterize at the sign of Sinclair. At Sinclair, we care about you, about your car. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Like good Saturday morning tune to get you going, right? I say so. At least, uh... Drive Time Radio, I'm New York Vinny, and welcome back to our little swinging Saturday morning automotive soiree. We got the cartoon of the week coming up for you, and a couple of things uh, that are going on in the world of automobilia. Uh, by the way, uh, again, that cars and coffee that I was talking about a little bit before, um, I'm interested if you um, participate in a cars and coffee. Maybe you could um, go to our website at 1150kknw.com or uh, you could email me at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. And uh, let us know where your cars and coffee is on either Saturday and Sunday morning, Saturday or Sunday morning. Uh, I am going to try to work a deal out to get out to some of them and do the show live uh, from at least three or four of them during the summer when the weather gets uh, a little bit nicer. So who knows, maybe if you send us where your cars and coffee is, uh, we might just pack uh, the road show up and head out there. And um, you could uh, hear your cars and coffee on the radio on drive time radio. So that's something we uh, would encourage you to do. You all always go and reach us on our Facebook page at um, drive time radio and TV. You put that into, uh, into Facebook and you click on it 
and it'll take you right to our Facebook page. And that's where we communicate with you during the week. And we always appreciate hearing from you, ideas for the show, just general chit chat. Maybe you don't have a chance, you're working, you're driving to, uh, you know, to communicate with us during the show. We always appreciate you communicating with us uh, via Facebook or our email address as well. We'd like to keep in touch with you and get an idea what you want. We, we're trying to make this a place where um, Puget Sound automotive fans gather and hopefully are able to uh, to connect. You know, we, we all need that connection. Well, this is the opportunity uh, to connect with us here on Drive Time Radio. I, I had a, uh, how many of you, and Nathan, I'm going to bring you in here. Nathan, what's your favorite gas station food? Do you have a, uh, do you have a particular delicacy uh, when you go to different gas stations? I don't know. There's just something about looking at those hot dogs spinning around on their little grill. You can just see all the grease and juices flowing over them. And I don't know. It's just very appetizing. You like that, huh? I do. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of tantamount to the um, uh, when you go to New York. Uh, have you ever been to New York, Nathan? Uh, the outskirts. I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay, so well, I'm, I'm talking more about the city. Okay, then. Um, you uh, you know there are various famous hot dog vendors on on many corners, mm-hmm. and those hot dogs are made in um, warm water. They take a, a you know a, a Sabret Frankfurter and they drop it in warm water and uh, you know heat the hot dog up, and as you might imagine, uh, from a uh, a water, you know, water that's sitting there all day with hot dogs in them uh, is is very appetizing to look at. You can see the froth that uh, jumps up to the top of the water. And they're not doing this individually. I mean, they're sticking 25 hot dogs in there at a clip and letting them just sit in there and warm up and and cook in the... Um, in the dirt water hot dog. As a matter of fact, that's what they call them. They call them dirt water hot dogs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And uh, so you get that same kind of feeling uh, when you look at, um, when you look down into the, into the bin that the hot dogs are in, uh, then you probably do when you're looking at the uh, rolling grill and seeing the fat and the um, debris that's left on the grill, yeah. uh, you know, rolling around at your favorite um, 7-Eleven or uh, wherever. You know, I'm, I'm talking more now. Gas stations, I guess, AM, PM. Like uh, convenience uh, stores. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you wherever you uh, you go. But yet, and tell me if I'm wrong, Nathan, because uh, I know different strokes for different folks, but I don't know many people who that actually stops from buying and consuming one of those hot dogs. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, really, when you think about it, they could be the thumbprint of a mechanic uh, who's outside, uh, you know, tuning up a fuel injection unit on, uh, you know, on on the top of a Mazda engine on that hot dog. And uh, if you're hungry, you go, well, you know, it must be the trademark of the hot dog or something. And you might <laughs> put a little mustard on it and go on your way, right? Most things can be covered. 
And if and, you can't see it, it can't kill you, right? Yeah, typically when I see people going into the gas station, they're either buying like a slushy type drink or energy drink or six pack. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. But yet there are many gas stations that, uh, that you know, um, I know that, uh, uh, where do I go sometimes? Loves. Oh, yeah, in, truck uh, stops. Yeah, truck stops. They definitely have, not only do they have, a, many of them have a restaurant where you can sit down or a fast food place that you can order something like an Arby's or something like that. But many of the truck stops also have uh, a prepared foods section mm -hmm. where you can find anything from uh, hard-boiled eggs right on down to um, uh, hot pickles. Huh. Um, and, and southern fried pickles, actually. I've been in a few gas stations uh, back east where you can drive in and buy yourself a little uh, bag of of uh, southern fried okra or southern fried pickles. Well, I'll tell you, with truck stops, if you're ever on a road trip and you see one and you just want to get out and stretch your legs or even, I would even say tourism or sightseeing, stop by a truck stop. There's just a lot to see and do there, surprisingly. Yeah, and... um with some of the better ones and they're, and they're on and one day i think we're going to do a show about truck stops i really i i like truck stops i know they have a bad reputation but there are some really incredible uh truck stops out there there's the one in iowa uh mm -hmm. that um is the world's largest truck stop i mean you can buy anything in this truck stop they have you know they have a supermarket in there they have a clothing store they have, you know, now it's all a very interesting kind of clothing, you know, fringe jackets and flannel shirts and stuff like that. But if you go into your average loves, you can, uh, you know, you can find a lot of cool stuff in there to buy uh, CB radios. I mean, where else do you go to buy a CB radio these days? They're not at Radio Shack. No, they're definitely not at Radio Shack. <laughs> No, they are gone from Radio Shack. And nobody's asking you your zip code when you buy a, a wire connector. Uh, <laughs> um, I used to dread going in Radio Shack. I mean, I felt bad for some of the people that worked there. But my Lord, um, you know, you, you, you're going to buy like a simple connector or a, an antenna to replace in your transistor radio. And you'd have to give them like all your vital information. You know, and I was like, I used to make up names and zip codes to, because uh, <laughs> uh, you know the last thing I wanted was this guy behind the counter with short sleeves and a tie um, to know my address. Please, just uh, I'm, I'm even if you were halfway across the country. Say again. Even if you were halfway across the country. Didn't care. I just didn't want the Radio Shack guy. I think I, I think one night I had a conversation with somebody about um, how the Radio Shack guys were like CIA agents or some kind of, you know, intelligence, uh, FBI people or something like that. And, you know, it was one of those conversations you have at like three o'clock in the morning, you know, when you're up and you're kind of, uh, you know, maybe you're. You're not in a condition to drive, so you stayed at somebody's house and you're sitting in the living room and you're all talking and everybody comes up with their best bull. And, uh, and you know, the Radio Shack conversation comes up. But um, so every time I would go into a Radio Shack, I would get a little nervous. I mean, I, 
I, I didn't have anything against anybody, but I just didn't want the feds showing up at my house, you know, because they were tipped off by the Radio Shack guy. Anyway. Yeah, just anyway. back to the uh, truck stops real quick uh, before you move on. That's one thing I didn't really like about Washington traveling on their highways too much because we're more of a destination state for truckers rather than a pass-through type state in the central United States. So we really don't see many truck stops up here. I mean, there I believe there's maybe, is it a Loves or something up north in the Tulalip area? But that's really the only one I know of. Yeah, there's a Loves and then there's another Loves uh, that is uh, in Tacoma, um, mm. right by the port of Tacoma, that exit where you get off to go to the port of Tacoma. There's one there. There is another one down I-5 more. Then there's actually, there's a, um, um, a, 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 I think it's a woman, I'm not sure, that has a couple of truck stops along, <clears throat> along I-90. Um, her name is Shri, or the name is Shri, Shri's Truck Stops. And they took over that fruit stand, or they built one right next to that fruit stand that's um, on the left as you're going out I-90 before you get to uh, Ellen, Ellensburg, Ellensville, excuse me. Uh, before you get out there, there's uh, it's on the list, that big barn of fruit. Um I can't remember the name of the town. It begins with a T. Um, and then there's, she has another one further out, I-90 by George Washington, right by the gorge. Okay. And now she's opened one up in Seattle hmm. on um, 7th Avenue somewhere. So you have, I mean, I know that those three are, are privately owned, but they're, you know, the, the, the typical, uh, you go in, uh, you can take a shower, there's a lounge, there's uh, pinball machines or different uh, video games or whatever, and they have only a minute place to park the truck and, you know, sleep overnight. It's, um, it's a pretty big operation. Yeah, I'll and, just stop by one day. It sounds like the real deal. Yeah, it really is. I have not been to the one in Seattle yet. I want to go down there. And, uh, and check it out. And I actually want to have Shri on. I like to talk about uh, truck stops because I find them fascinating places. But if you go on YouTube, there's actually um, a number of people who go to these uh, truck stops in, that are based in Texas. And these truck stops, are, uh, truck stops are so big that you can actually spend like the entire day there and not even and not eat everything that's in the truck stop. Pretty amazing. Anyway, uh, back to my, uh, back to my original premise here. I found a great article on eater, uh, the eater website, eater.com about the best gas station food in America, which is where we started this whole thing, uh, way back when. And I'm a fan of, um, of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the gas station food. I eat the nachos. I'll grab a, uh, a hot dog. Uh, I stay away from the cheese, though, in many gas stations. You know, that, uh, that sump of what looks like 30-weight motor oil that's sitting there and it's colored yellow. It's okay to say processed. 
it's oh, it's more than processed. I mean, it's created. <laughs> it's a, a cow has never been anywhere near uh, that uh, that but they that cheese. But Eater put together a nice list of uh, some of the best gas station food. Um, and actually, I'm kind of uh, familiar with, uh, unfortunately, most of the food on this list. Uh, back east, they point out that Wawa, which is a uh, chain uh, back east, uh, gasoline stations, but they also serve um, food, hot food and coffee and so on and so forth. Uh, Wawa is on there uh, for their uh, uh, hoagie sandwiches. Uh, whoopie pies or gobs made it on, which is like an Amish tree. It's like a scooter pie. And uh, Stewart's, which uh, used to be a root beer place, is now an ice cream shop. And uh, they made it on the list as well. But there's some really interesting places in the South. You can get uh, the uh, fried burrito or chimichanga is very popular in Texas. You can get um, Polish kolaches in Texas as well, or actually Czechoslovakian, but uh, Polish people have, and it's like a doughy, it's almost like a piroshki that, uh, you know, people have uh, wrapped up in dough and put a, uh, a filling inside. And they're really good. Uh, you got beaver nuggets in Texas as well. And of course, in Louisiana, you can get a fried shrimp po'boy at Danny and Clyde's bus stop in Matrary, Louisiana, and the Chevron, no name, in Shreveport, Louisiana. Hot hoagie rolls bulging with fried fish and shrimp. How's that sound to you? You're testing me on that Polish food there. Because uh, I do have a little bit of Polish blood in me, and my grandfather was Polish, so I've had some pretty good Polish food, and every time I go to a place and they say, it's a Polish dog, I'll eat it and be like, nah, that's not a Polish dog. You're missing yeah, the caraway yeah. and other stuff, and this is more or less just a glorified hot dog. So I'd be curious yeah, my, to see uh, how well they do those uh, pierogies and stuff. Yeah, my ex-wife was uh, was Polish, and her mom used to cook Polish. I mean, we would have galumki at Christmas and... Um, mm-hmm. Really good. I mean, she was really good at uh, cooking up all the uh, all the Polish stuff. Um, I'm trying to look. At this. It's a great article. And if you're traveling across country, uh, you definitely want to look at this uh, at this article and see some of the places you can stop. Uh, Detroit is many places that have shawarma and um, halal burgers uh, because there's a large um, Arab population in Detroit. One of the best they say is in North Dakota with uh, Dots pretzel sticks. Some of the best gas station food you can get. And of course, Seattle is not left off the list, believe it or not. There is uh, a gas station, and I've known about this place. I've never eaten there, but I've known about this place. Uh, In Beacon Hill, there is a Shell gas station open 24-7, and in this gas station, uh, they have, uh, they serve fried catfish and garlic chicken wings, and um, according to this list from Eater, 
Uh, this is the best gas station food in the West. So I think we're going to have to, Nathan, you and I are going to have to meet for lunch one day. I'd be down for some garlic chicken wings. I don't know about the catfish. I'm not a big seafood either, but yeah, yeah hand me I some wings. Could, yeah, I think we could do, uh, we could go and you could have some wings. I could have some catfish. I'll try some of your wings and we could go and see how <laughs> this is, uh, how this is going. And it says the cashiers are friendly. They're very honest about how long the food has been out of the fryer. Uh, because, as you probably know, you don't want to eat catfish that's been out of the fryer for too long. Doesn't uh, work out well for you. And then there's also, I was interesting interested to find out on here, Spam Musubi at uh, truck stops in Hawaii, at, not truck stops, but gas stations in Hawaii. And I've actually had the Spam Musubi, but I got it at Uwajamaya. Uh, uh, instead of uh, in Hawaii. But many people say that um, that the uh, Spam Masubi is the best ever gas station fare in the nation. So if you know of a great gas station uh, that, that or a place that uh, makes food, it's uh, a gas station, you're local, go to our Facebook page and uh, drop it on there. And who knows, maybe we'll go out there and do a, do a little feature. Maybe I'll grab Nathan or We'll grab Nathan and we'll go out there and we'll uh, have a little lunch. Uh, there was a really good barbecue place at a Shell station on I-5 up by uh, Camino Island uh, that was around a couple of years ago. I happened to stop there one afternoon. Great, great stuff. But gas station food is something that you do think about in the summer when you're on the road. All right, Nathan, why don't you ask me the magic question? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Nathan, I thought you dead for ask. I am driving this week uh, for the third time in this, um, in the last few months, a Hyundai Sonata. Only this time, I am driving the Hyundai Sonata N-Line, which is the sporty model of the uh, Hyundai Sonata. The Sonata, of course, is a four-door sedan which uh, I have talked about many times. I love this car. I think it's one of the best bangs for the buck out there in sedans. It is stylish. It is uh, comfortable. It, it, the interior feels like you paid much more money for this car than you did. It is loaded with safety features. It's a high safety pick from uh, the IIHS uh, which is the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety. And the uh, N-Line is, again, their sporty model, which uh, gives you such things as special badging, uh, comfortable seats. I mean, really, um, uh, some of the more comfortable seats that I've sat in uh, in, a, in a car over the past uh, five or six years, especially for the price point, of this car, which starts at around 33,000 bucks. You get a um, 290 horsepower, four-cylinder engine, automatic dual-clutch transmission with paddle shifters. Uh, the front seats, as I told you, 19-inch wheels, the big touchscreen navigation. I mean, this car is loaded. It's a true sports sedan. And when you drop it into the sport mode, it really kind of... Um, 
it really kind of take you know takes off on you and, and, and gives you a, a nice uh, ride, a nice feel uh, to it. And I've um, I've really uh, enjoyed my time in this car so far. As I said, I took it on the road and uh, took it up to Darrington, up to the test track. Uh, we'll uh, play with it some more over the weekend. But uh, the Hyundai Sonata N-Line, if you are in the market for a high-end uh, sedan, uh, a little bigger than mid-size sedan, uh, definitely go check out uh, the Sonata. All right. Well, um, now we have to do, we go right from what I'm driving this week to what I drive or drove a couple of weeks ago. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, do I, you know, the Lexus LS, we talked about this last week. Uh, I drove um, a week or so ago the uh, 2021 Lexus LS, which is their big, comfortable, um, uh, luxury Lexus. I drove the F-Sport model, and I really have to uh, extol the virtues of this car with the caveat that there are a few things on this car that they need to change. Um, but first of all, let's talk about the positives. It's big. It's comfortable. The interior is, uh, a, a, you know, almost Bentley-esque. It is a beautiful car. The lines on this car uh, make it one of the more attractive full-size cars uh, that you will find out there. It is loaded with uh, safety and a different type of uh, options that range from uh, distronic uh, uh, cruise control that will uh, you know, help you prevent accidents and keep you in your lane and will regulate your speed uh, to enormous amounts of um, space. In, a, in a, for back seat occupants. It has a plenty of compartments. The seats adjust beautifully. Uh, the dashboard is clear. It is big. There's even an analog clock in the dashboard. So you don't, um, you know, you don't, uh, in case you can't tell digital time, it'll take care of business uh, for you. So it's, it's definitely, and with the F-Sport, it beefs up the suspension and it does a few other things uh, really well uh, in that it, um, uh, it, it the, the, um, the horsepower on this car uh, gives you enough uh, to get on the highway and go uh, on a gradually nice curve as opposed to neck snapping. It's not a neck snapping car. It's not a car that's going to uh, pin you back in your seat. It is a car that's going to accelerate you up to the grade on the highway and make you feel like you're getting there in luxury. It is easy to get in and out of. So if you're an older person, uh, you don't have to uh, scrunch in and scrunch out. It is really a dollar for dollar, I think, one of the best sedans out there. I love the luxury of the Lexus. Um, they start, you know, the LSF Sport is around 79000 before you option it up 
probably comes up to about 90 by the time you're finished. The uh, LSF Sport uh, can probably get you 90 to 90,000, 99,000 somewhere in there. It is, uh, though, again, you know, it, it goes up against the 7 Series BMW. Uh, it goes up against the Mercedes-Benz S-Class, and it holds its own against them. The drawback to the Lexus is, as I have said with all Lexuses, uh, unfortunately, the infotainment system. It is a bulky, cumbersome, and although they have tried to improve it, they have, um, it still makes you take your eyes off the road uh, more than almost any other entertainment system, infotainment system, I should say, that I have seen, and that is not good. Especially if you are an older driver, you have to pull over to really use this system. And that is, uh, I think, a, a major negative in this car. And it's a shame. I wish Lexus would fix it. I wish they would redesign this system so that they would come up with something uh, that had a much easier and better interface with uh, the driver. Because I think people shy away from this car because of the infotainment system, which is a shame because it is a reliable, huge, big, comfortable car that really sets you into that mindset of, I've worked hard all my life, I can afford something this nice. Or, daddy left me a nice trust fund and I can afford something this nice. One way or the other, but the Lexus LS500 F Sport is an attractive, solid machine that uh, will, you know, will, will, whether you show up at the country club or you take it as I did on uh, one of those nice little short road trips, will give you uh, a lifetime of satisfaction uh, with this car. It really is a beautiful car to look at, a good car to drive, a comfortable car to drive, and one that will give you and your passengers uh, a really solid way to get to your destination in comfort, style, and with a smile on your face. It has legroom in the back. All right, that is the road test. We'll do two cartoons next week. I know I got past it this week. I started talking. Sometimes that happens to me, you know? So we'll do two cartoons uh, next week for you. And um, listen, have a good week. Stay in touch with us. And uh, next week, we'll have uh, a special guest that uh, I can't let on yet. But uh, even Nathan will like this person. I guarantee you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch up with you on uh, next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, thank you so much to our sponsors, the people that make this show happen. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good week.